This is the John Oakley Show podcast. Topics worthy of discussion for Pizzaville. Dial pound 3636. It's the midweek edition. That sees Ernie Eves, the former premier and finance minister in the house. How's Ernie? Great. Happy New Year, John. Happy, happy. Yep, indeed. John Turley, risk management consultant specializing in capital markets with extensive experience on Bay and Wall Streets. How's John? Very well, thank you. Thanks for coming in. Dan Moulton, senior consultant in Crestview Strategies Toronto office and a liberal strategist. How's Dan? I'm doing very well, John. Happy 2020. It is indeed, yeah. And uh, as a liberal strategist, just uh, out of curiosity quickly, Justin Trudeau came back from holiday wearing a beard. I mean, uh, he did. Yeah. I mean, is that all part of a strategic effort to give him gravitas or make him look... Uh, <laughs> Ernie, what are you choking on now? <laughs> you know, I, I'm not sure. I think the, the nation seems just gripped with the question of why he has a beard or whether or not he should have a beard. And look at what's going on around the world. We're pretty lucky that that's the top issue on the minds of Canadians at the moment is well, whether not. or not the prime minister should have a beard or not. It's it's it, it's pretty funny. Clearly, he's got a vacation beard on. I don't know if there's a lot no, of I think he thinks the playoffs are on, frankly. <laughs> <laughs> he's just out of the loop when it comes to timing. Okay. Well, so much ado about very little then. I think so. Okay. I thought maybe, you know, nothing passes by uh, or goes uh, to press without Somebody vetting it, and strategists, you know, they manipulate and massage. I, I think you put a little too much credit in the hands of political strategists, to be honest with you. <laughs> well, you are one, so uh, that's why I thought I'd ask. All right, well, you know, on this matter, what do we make of the whole kerfuffle with Iran? Is there a strategy in play here, or did Trump go rogue and uh, needlessly turn up the heat in the Middle East, Ernie? Well, I don't know. Um, I was watching CNN, which isn't always the best source of news, and <laughs> neither is Fox, for that matter, but... It was interesting to me that the individual who was there when President Obama was there said the only reason they didn't rub him out was because he wasn't stupid enough to go to Iraq. He said if he had been, we'd have definitely taken him out. Um, So I think that says a lot. I was in the coffee shop here a few minutes ago. Le Prep and the owner is from Iran. No, he's from Iraq. Iraq, sorry. Mm -hmm. And he, he made the point that Finally, somebody has taken this guy out. He said somebody needs to do something here. But the problem we have, of course, is Western society. We're interfering with the Middle East. We're trying to dictate who should be where. And I don't know if that's a a wise strategy going forward. I mean, on the other hand, you can't just sit back and watch these people kill people, promote terrorism around the world and create all kinds of disruption. Um, as, as he said, he doesn't often agree with President Trump, but he does on this particular issue. Now, whether or not there's a long-term strategy in the case of Donald Trump, that's always a good question. I thought today's statement that he made, I saw part of it replayed. Uh, he stuck really to script. He was just reading a teleprompter, mm-hmm. and that was it. So somebody wrote the speech. I'm sure it wasn't him. He's being very it, presidential. I just th- actually <laughs> thought it was pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Well, all right, but yeah, what we've seen is perhaps a watershed moment, but for better or worse, John. Well, I, I think uh, you know people have been surprised by Iran's uh, response, which, as uh, one of my former colleagues from the Post wrote on Twitter, uh, basically seemed to be like screaming and shouting and throwing a bunch of firecrackers on their neighbor's driveway and running back into their house. Uh, it, you know, I really, uh, apparently the Americans were given a heads up that the, these rockets were even going to be fired. Right. So, you know, it's, I think it's quite clear that the, the Iranians miscalculated uh, here if uh, indeed this is their end of, of, of trying to deal with this in a direct uh, way. They'll probably continue to use their proxies. 
But I, I don't see how Iran comes out of this looking uh, strong at all uh, and, and on the world stage. And I think the way it's unfolding now, people feel that they certainly miscalculated. If you saw the price of oil drop 5% today, I think by and large, uh, uh, most people are thinking uh, this, not, not that it was a much to do about nothing, but certainly the concern over Iran may have been uh, overblown. Price of gold went up as well, did it not? No, it went down as well. Went down did it, today, did yeah. it come down today? Because yeah. yesterday, okay, so it's ping ponging around based but on. But the Lotto Max, it certainly went up. <laughs> so, no, 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 it didn't. It was won by a single down. guy in Brampton. Single, that's right. That's yeah, right. Yeah. Single guy in Brampton who's uh, not coming forward well, anytime man. soon. Well, I, I would say, uh, unless you think it ought to be apportioned more equally. I mean, seventy million vested in the hands of one individual. A lot of money. I, I saw they they handed out five one million dollar awards as well. Unfortunately, I wasn't one of the winners of those either. So, did you get a free ticket? Uh, no. Wow, you you've been skunked on no, this one, no, weren't you? No, no, no. Okay, well, I can relate to that. Uh, so, on this matter, though, uh, you know, we have against the backdrop of the whole turmoil in the Middle East, this tragedy of a plane crash claiming sixty-three Canadian lives, mm-hmm. and uh, of which apparently one hundred and thirty-eight of those souls on that plane were slated to come to Pearson. Uh, make connecting flights or whatever the case may be. The plane did pull into Pearson today with a lot of empty seats, as was noted by the Prime Minister. I was just speculating earlier, because we had an aviation expert on as well, and, uh, you know, obviously uh, there is still a lot of intel that needs to be forthcoming, but Iran is, you know, they're stalling on that. Uh, The two black boxes have been recovered. Uh, Boeing is a principal in this and should have some say. I mean, as and I even asked the aviation expert, Mark Garneau, as our transportation minister, should he be petitioning for some kind of access to the whole, you know, uh, getting informed as to what happened? We lost 63 of our citizens. Uh, Is there something, I mean, maybe that suggests nefarious behavior on the part of Iran because they're not being forthcoming right now, or is it still early days, Dan? I think it's it's a little too early to say, though the timing is exceptionally coincidental, right? I mean, we're we're dealing with, on the same evening, rockets being launched from Iranian territory into Iraq uh, at the, uh, the, uh, the army base there, uh, a plane like this going down. And so it does raise a lot of questions about, you know, is this just purely a coincidence? Uh, or is something um, you know foul at play uh, in the, in that plane coming down? Uh, I I really do think that the fact that it's a Boeing aircraft is quite interesting right now. That this is a company that has had an exceptional uh, degree of difficulty with their aircraft over the course of the past year. Uh, the Max uh, being taken out of service. Uh, if if this turns out to be a failure on the part of the mechanics of that aircraft. Uh, it would be exceptionally troubling for Boeing as a company right now, uh, and and I think could present a, a great deal of challenges for them. So it, it will definitely. It's too early to say and to start speculating too much. Uh, but I agree with you. The timing is exceptionally coincidental. Uh, but there there are lots of factors at play here and lots of risks for the company that owned that aircraft. Well, the implications if it's something that is dodgy, obviously the ramifications. Uh, I. I guess it's a frightening scenario because, I mean, what would the response be if it turns out it was like some act of terrorism or a rogue element? Uh, Notwithstanding that, just my general question, John, do you think, I mean, uh, Iran ought to be more forthcoming and share the intel? I mean, as a good, say, uh, global citizen in the aviation field? Absolutely. They need to. They need to do that to help people ensure that they know that the airspace over Tehran is, and, and Iran in general is safe. And I think right now most airlines, I believe, have uh, canceled their flights over Iran. 
uh, and for good reason. And I would suspect, at least uh, you know, Canada and perhaps some of the other countries uh, in the West would be, uh, you know, telling their airlines there's a, it's a no-fly zone until we figure out what happens. I mean, that's the way I'd put pressure on Iran. It would be if you're not going to share the black box with the Ukrainians, at least, right? So we know what's going, uh, what what actually happened. Uh, then I think we're just not going to be flying anywhere near Iran. Because we have no idea if you're going to be shooting down planes or, or what's happening. A crisis of confidence. Yeah. Insofar as the whole Middle East, you know, with Donald Trump, I don't know if you saw the press conference at 11 o'clock this morning or any, but he was talking about NATO stepping into the breach. That includes us. And then, of course, you know, I mean, we've done things under the blue helmets. Uh, so it's you know a matter of which helmet you prefer, green or blue. Do you think we ought to step into the breach? I mean, as a member of NATO, uh, is that, I think Trump probably wants an off-ramp and have NATO assume, um, is there a role for us to play in all of this, a strategic element to it all? Well, there may be going down the road. I mean, NATO allies are supposed to stick together. An attack on one is an attack on everyone. That's the basic philosophy. But I agree with you. Trump is probably looking for an off-ramp, and probably a little too late, he started thinking about NATO countries being cooperative in the whole Middle Eastern endeavor and other parts of the world, too, for that matter. Yeah. Um, so I think he is looking for a way out. I'm sure, I'm sure he's not saying this. He's not saying this to his base supporters. They all think he's being real tough. It's kind of like the Iranians are doing the same dance over there. You know, we're sending missiles, but we're giving you a heads up 45 minutes ahead of time. And so please secure all your personnel and we're going to send these missiles to areas that aren't going to affect people. But we're telling our own people that we're being really tough and really... This is more about theatrics, I think, and playing to your base in both countries than it is about what's really necessarily going on. Well, I do think those NATO comments, though, were were really consistent. I mean, look, Donald Trump doesn't have a lot of policy consistencies, but the the one place that he has been consistent since before he was president going back decades is his resentment for American investment abroad, uh, particularly in uh, military adventurism or or military investment for that matter. Uh, Even in reference to the airfield that the the Iranians uh, attacked last night, uh, you know, he talks about the billions and billions of dollars that Americans have invested in that. I, I do think the comments around NATO are about an off-ramp. I think it's about him saying that the rest of the Western world needs to be in Iraq and not just leaving it to the Americans to uh, to, uh, to to continue to rebuild. But uh, the the real tragedy right now is for the people in that country who are, are caught between uh, the the Americans and the Iranians and and really no hope in sight. And and I'm I'm not sure that you know the American withdrawal and expecting NATO to fill that void is going to be a realistic option here. They're the ones who who did move in and, and toppled the, uh, the the former government there and and have sort of you you know, some responsibility for what's happening in that country right now. And I think they, they unfortunately for them and unfortunately for Donald Trump, they, they will have to continue to invest in the security of that country because uh, it is in a, a deeply fragile state. Yeah, he's tired of spilling blood and treasure. And uh, I mean, I don't know, a trillion plus dollars that they uh, poured into Iraq. Uh, to what end, we're not sure. It doesn't look like it's uh, had a positive outcome. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio.